are back with another episode of the newest podcast on the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We have a name, Steph. We have it's a name. To, it's time to peel it back, show everybody, show, open up the curtain. This show, from now on, will be called Bully Ball, which is technically episode three, but it's probably episode one of this with Jason Aponte and Steph Sanchez. Steph, how do you feel today, and how do you feel knowing that we are no longer unnamed, just roaming around as an unnamed podcast. Well, the reason I came up with that name suggestion was because Jay, you're just always bullying the people of Twitter, and <laughs> no, no more, just uh, no more, just, no, just no, uh, so embarrassing. God, <laughs> <laughs> no, no, but uh, I mean, at bully ball, man, that's a staple of uh, this 49ers offense, so I, I think it was fitting, and you know. We we are team only shans, right, Jay? We're still we're still on that. Always. So oh yeah. Uh, so I think it was an appropriate name uh, for everything that we stand for. But I'm feeling great. I'm feeling well rested. I mean, coming off this bye week. What about you, Jay? I was gonna say uh, my bye week was filled with me laying on the couch, laughing at other football teams' plight and other football fans having their stress through the roof. The 49ers couldn't hurt me. We are going to discuss some of these games, though, that happen because they do have implications for the 49ers. So make sure that you guys remember to subscribe to this podcast. Leave that five-star review if you want it read on the air. Say whatever you want, and we'll have to read it. Rob just scolded me about it. Sorry, boss. It won't happen again. But we are here to talk 49ers football on a bye week. And no bye week would be normal without a little bit of news regarding the 49ers I mean it has to do with football but it's kind of in the tabloids I guess is the way you want to put it Odell Beckham is about to be cleared and Jay Glazer put out a report or was on TV or something like that I mean that you know maybe uh, you got you can correct me but basically saying that the 49ers would be in on the bidding war Steph your thoughts Odell Beckham to the bay finally well, for one, I get a little excited because when Jay Glazer says things, it's usually factual, right? Like, I don't yes. remember a time where he said something that has been wrong about it. So, you know, that that gives me some excitement. I mean, the possibility of bringing Odell Beckham to the Bay, this is something we have talked about for, like, years now, right, Jay? Like, yep. you know, him whispering in John Lynch's ear. This, this has Come been many me. years in the making. Um, and so I know the biggest question that a lot of fans have right now is, well, do the 49ers even need him? They have bigger needs. Sure, they do. But do you think the Eagles need him? Do the Cowboys? Do the Bills need him? No. But all of these teams, these contending teams, are going to be going after his services, as they should similar to how the Rams have done in the past, going all in. So if you're the 49ers, are you just going to sit back and let a contending team, a team you may possibly face in the playoffs, get Odell Beckham and you know possibly ruin your chances at making a Super Bowl run? Mind you, Odell Beckham had 113 yards in the NFC Championship game against the Niners. He made some big, important plays in that one, too. So I would say he helped the Rams make that push to the Super Bowl, helped the Rams knock out the 49ers. Hate to say it, but it's true. So you can't tell me just because the Niners don't need him that they shouldn't go after him. And the 49ers, after all, John Lynch, Kyle Shanahan, they're always talking about 
We're always looking for ways to make our team better. This is one way you can do that. I mean, they've been ring chasing for a couple years now. They've been close, always a bridesmaid, never the bride. Mm -hmm. They need to stop messing around and go all in. OBJ is a great way to do that. Yeah, and it's funny. It's all contending teams that you mentioned, except for the Packers, because they're not contenders. Hi-oh! All right, sorry. <laughs> uh, but <laughs> the the interesting part is this. For a team that is so injury-struck, right, one injury to one of your wide receivers, and now you're in dire need, right, at this point. So it might be a little bit better to be proactive and, you know, kick the tires, as they would say, on Odell, Be Odell Beckham. Odell Beckham, in my opinion, wouldn't probably be looking automatically for a multi-year deal. Something along the lines of a prorated one-year deal where he can show that he still has it and then hit the market again next year. So, again, that would be with the contending team. Now, John Lynch apparently did an interview today, I, I believe it was with Matt Mayoko, talking about, well, how many footballs are we going to play with? And, you know, well, we'll check it out. So that, that, kind of, that kind of throws that out there. But as we've seen, the 49ers – kind of been moving a little bit different we really can't put our finger on what they are what they're doing so i mean good on them and i do think you bring up a good point don't allow him to go to the cowboys because they become um, much more dangerous don't allow him to go somewhere where he can wind up hurting you in the playoffs and to your point in the super bowl he was dominant before tearing his acl in that game as well too so a lot of people forgot that so yeah i mean i think that right now what Odell's looking for is a place where he can contend for another ring i mean he just got one so he that taste is is really fresh in his mind, and he wants to have that again. But it's also to find out where he's going to play for his next contract is also. So, I mean, a lot of factors going around. I do agree with you 100%. Hearing Jay Glazer say it, now I it has legs. Like, I, there's no way he made that up. He did not pull that from anywhere. So, we will see. We will keep our eyes open. He is going to be cleared this week. But the 49ers, speaking of players, are about to have a bunch return from injury, right? Today was the first official practice. They're off the bye week. Aziz Ashair, Cole McKivitz, Elijah Mitchell, Jason Ferret, all practice today. Now, Elijah Mitchell, Aziz Ashair, and Cole McKivitz have their 21-day window open. They have to be activated. Jason Ferret has already done that. But Steph, with all the reinforcements, who's the player that you're most excited about to see return and help this team in the second half? Uh, I feel like, so before we went on the bye week, he, he's someone I mentioned. And so I'm going to continue to say his name as someone who's important to this team and being able to make a, a second half run here. Eric Armstead. I mean, mm -hmm. I think just the. Didn't practice the, today, unfortunately. Yeah, he, he, he is not. And, and so, so we're still waiting on that return. Mm -hmm. And. So, but the but the impact that he's had on the interior of the defensive line cannot be overstated. We talked about the fact, you know, the splits between him being in there and not when, uh, you know, the run defense, their line, when, when, what, an average of, like, close to 100 yards or 100 yards when he isn't there compared to, like, 60 or something like that. Um, I don't know the exact numbers, but I know it's crazy, right? So that that's someone that they're missing and someone that – I think will help this defense in all aspects of, of what D'Amico Ryans is able to do, because if you have a very dominant pass rush, if you have a dominant run defense, then that just gives you an ability, an ability to be more aggressive in other areas. And so I think that's one thing that they've been missing credit to D'Amico Ryans for, you know, being able to adjust 
and, you know, make do with what he does have. I, I think he's done a tremendous job at that to this point. Um, but Eric Armstead, to me, is is a guy that they need in order to make a, a, a push, not just in the second half, but if they make the playoffs, you need a dominant defense to go and play against some of these very electric offenses that we're seeing from the Eagles, the Cowboys, you know, the Bills, if if the 49ers made it to the Super Bowl. You have to think about all those things, right? So Eric Armstead, for me, would be one of those uh, big pieces for them. Yeah, and for so many people that were worried when the 49ers were being gashed with runs, hello, Eric Armstead hasn't been clogging up the middle. So for so many people that, that were writing him off early on the season and saying, well, look at what they're doing without Eric Armstead. They don't necessarily need him. Yeah, you do. You do. And you just need his presence as well. Even, you know, he was electric down the stretch. And again, the 49ers are going to need his defense to travel. Doesn't seem like they're going to be able to have the one seed all the way through unless something insane happens with the uh, Philadelphia Eagles and the 49ers just go on a run. But yeah, I, I like the Eric Armstead pick. I'm going to pivot to Jason Verrett. Jason Verrett has been described as the wild card of this team. Right. And was looked at looked at as a luxury. Now he's a necessity at this point. No disrespect to the guys that have been across from Mooney Ward, you know, uh, Diamandu Lenore, Samuel Womack at times. Right. Like, I think they filled in okay, But if Jason Barrett can at least approach somewhat where he was in 2020, especially considering now he doesn't need to do it for 16 games. He can do it for eight now. And then whatever the playoff run is, I think the depth that that brings you, you know, you can move Jimmy Ward back to free safety. You can put Diamandolino, who was actually thriving in the slot again, and and you're just deeper all around. And then to be able to have two guys one-on-one, you know, that you had earlier on the season, him and Mosley, have that back with this pass rush and everybody else getting healthy. I think, again, the defense is going to be where it starts. The offense is going to be where it finishes and and how they finish, right? I, I think we don't really have worries on the defense, but fortifying this defense, fortifying the sec- secondary. It's going to be a major part of the second half run, especially when you get into the playoffs and you have those explosive offenses. Like you're going to have to cover A.J. Brown and, and Devonta Smith and Dallas Goddard. You're going to have to cover, you know, maybe Gallup, OBJ, and CeeDee Lamb. Like that is not any – that's not a small task. So I think Jason Barrett been described as the wild card, but if he can come in and he can help in any way – he doesn't need to be locked down like he was when he was, you know, a kid in San Diego. 2020 would be just fine. But even if he's 80% of that from 2020 this year, I think it's a huge boost for this defense going forward. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And I'm glad I'm glad you mentioned him because he would have been my my second answer had you said Eric Armstead. Um, and because you know how I feel about Emmanuel Mosley and like him. I don't think a lot of fans realize how how much – you know, him not being out there as well has impacted the play of the defense through these last few weeks, right? And so definitely agree that Jason Verrett, if if he's back, uh, will help to provide a boost. And, and that's really exciting. Wouldn't it be great, though, if he had his first game back against his former team, the Chargers? Uh, I mean, that's, that's coming up, right? So let's talk about how, you know, the 49ers can – attack the chargers but in particular jay like i want to ask you from the defensive side of the ball how can D'Amico ryan's stop the chargers i know they have a lot of injuries on that side of the ball so how would you stop herbert 
Well, I'll say this. First of all, there's no narrative in the world that I enjoy more than revenge game narrative. And you just laid it out right there. Jason Verrett returns. Interception against his former team. Really sticking it to those Chargers, man. I love that idea. Um, Yeah, the Chargers, it's funny how the schedule comes out and you look at games and you're like, oh, wow, this team right here, this is going to be a loss, this is going to be a loss. And now you kind of look around at the Chargers, who for all of the talk around them, right, and and how they're disappointing, and they're 5-3. and three. So mm-hmm. that's, you know, that's actually pretty telling. It's funny how you can find ways to win games when your quarterback can make plays here and there. But on the offensive side of the ball, it doesn't sound like Keenan Allen is going to be ready for this game. When you come out of the bye week with a setback from a hamstring injury, not good. And he said, I am not going to play until I'm 100%. So Keenan Allen is not going to play. Mike Williams is out, right? Mm-hmm. I think the main focus is going to have to be on how do you slow down Austin Eckler, who can do so many things. And 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 it's not just in the run game. He's so electric with the ball in his hands. And and very much like Christian McCaffrey and, and many of the playmakers the 49ers have, it's just get him the ball in space and just watch out and let him work. I mean, he, he scored touchdowns at an insane clip last year. And now he's in this, like, three-game stretch where he's got, like, two a game. Um, so he's right back where they need him to be. The Chargers, though, present a challenge for discipline because you can't allow guys behind you, right? Joshua Palmer is there. He's actually um, stepped it up a little bit. But they are down some weapons. The 49ers, if they play their game, they're disciplined. They don't commit penalties, do not allow drives to continue and be extended with third-down penalties or anything like that, should be in good shape. But the focus has to be if you slow down Austin Eckler, then you'll have a good chance because the wide receivers that the Chargers are going to roll out there, they're not necessarily world beaters. And you would feel way worse about this if Keenan Allen and Mike Williams was available. Yeah, there's there's a few players in the NFL that I'm like, okay, no matter what team you're going up against, that player is going to get his. And like Austin Eckler is probably one of those players. So you're not really going to stop him. You're just going to try to limit him as much as possible. So um, definitely hope the 49ers would be able to do that. And, you know, going back to the discussion just of, you know, players that are going to be returning, Aziz Alshair potentially could be one of those guys that can help that that as well. And Drake Um, Greenlaw didn't practice today either. So there you go. Yeah, so Aziz, uh, you know, the return of him becomes, you know, all the more larger. But I hear that the Chargers are not very good at run defense. Really, You know what what I'm thinking here, Jay? This is a game of bully ball. Mm. Isn't this like the perfect week to debut our new name? I mean, and and in three episodes, we always find a way to connect it without even trying, right? Like the first episode, you and I wore the same shirt, didn't even need for that to happen, and now and now here we are, right now in this third episode, it's 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 flowing, it's flowing right now. Just always in sync. Well, the Chargers run defense; they're ranked fourth worst in the league this season. They're giving Mm. up an average of 145 yards per game, giving Mm. up an average of 170 per game in their last three. Mm. Their run defense is ranked 31st in EPA per play. In my opinion, mm. there are no excuses for this 49ers offense to not be able to move the ball against this Chargers defense. What say you, Jay? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, you just watch what Atlanta just did. I mean, for everybody that was given the 49ers hell, I mean, Tyler Allegier and uh, and Cordell Patterson in his first game back, he, he had a 60-yard run called back. Um, and so th- like they were gashing them and we understand that Atlanta is very good at running the ball, but yeah, this is something that the Chargers have struggled with mightily for years. 
And again, they're missing people defensively. No Joey Bosa. No need to call Nick Bosa Joey Bosa announcers, whoever's doing this game as well, too. If you're listening, please don't do that. Uh, Khalil Mack really isn't the same guy. J.C. Jackson injured for the, for the entire year. Derwin James is a great player. But, yeah, they're largely decimated as well, too, on both sides of the ball, which makes their 5-3 record a little bit more impressive, especially when you consider most of the talk about this Chargers team is Brandon Staley's, like, fumbling the bag with, with Justin Herbert right now. Like, you have this quarterback, and you, you can't win games – and you can't get into the playoffs and things like that. But, yeah, I agree, Steph. I mean, this this has to be McCaffrey, Elijah Mitchell, like being able to do whatever they want in this game against this this defense. And the 49ers offense is going to get somebody else back. They're getting two guys back, Debo Samuel and Kyle Juszczyk. Kyle Juszczyk is so important in the run game. He also helps identify uh, what the what coverages are, are out there when people are in their base. So he'll go in motion and show, okay, this is man. It makes it a lot easier for Jimmy Garoppolo. Everything is lining up for the 49ers in this game to do what they want, to play their style of ball and get back to it and 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 just in like another week of it, right? Like you you did what you wanted to do against the Rams. Now double it up and do it against the other team that plays in SoFi. It's it's funny that there's three people, there's three teams that that are in SoFi. Like it's just funny to me, like right? This the it's the 49ers joke. Sorry, didn't land. Okay, but yes, this is how the 49ers should be able to dictate this matchup. Let's take a look real quick, Steph, at the NFC and the NFC West. So I kind of teased it a little bit earlier about the bye week, what what it means certain playoff implications. Um, Minnesota wins again. They beat Washington. That helps. Um, The Arizona Cardinals are cooked. Um, The Los Angeles Rams lost again, and now Jalen Ramsey is calling out his offense. The Eagles are the Eagles. They won on Thursday night. Um, Seems like the 49ers are in prime position right now to make the playoffs. But the elephant in the room, Steph, the Seattle Seahawks are real. And you know what? When I brought this up a few weeks ago, I get a lot of pushback. Mm-hmm. Well, they're going to crash down to earth. Well, uh, you believe that this can happen? Continue- yes, I can. I can. And you know how Seattle has done it? This is the most disturbing part of this. Seattle has done it with their draft. They drafted mm-hmm. two starting tackles. They drafted Tariq Woolen, who is, if not first or second in the league in interceptions. And they drafted Kenneth Walker, who is absolutely dominant. And I know how people make fun of drafting running backs. But Seattle knocked this draft out of the park. And they are for real. Throw on the fact that Geno Smith's playing the best ball of his life. DK Metcalf was supposed to be injured. He's not injured at all. Tyler Lockett is having one of his most consistent years. This offense is humming. And again... Like we talked about it, the problem wasn't Pete. The problem was Russ. So let's start with the NFC West. Is it feasible that the 49ers can come back and win this division from the Seattle Seahawks because they are they're getting out to a sizable lead? If they keep winning games, you know, the 49ers only face them one more time. They keep winning games. Their schedule is kind of clearing up as well, too. I mean, if you look down their schedule, there's probably maybe two or three games that you can really identify like as a loss. They play the Kansas City Chiefs. You could probably say that one's a loss, but again, you know, who knows what happens. But can the 49ers catch the Seattle Seahawks stuff? I mean, just because anything can happen, you can never rule it out. But assuming things continue to go as they have been going, and also assuming that the 49ers are able to make a push in, in the second half of the season, I still feel that, 
you know, the Seahawks do have an edge. Um, I mean, you mentioned their, their schedule is not much tougher than ours going forward. So yeah, I mean, it's going to be tough. Like at this point, I think the 49ers should just focus on playing their game at, at this point, you know, the Cardinals, you know, the Rams aren't really going to be a threat to you the rest of the way. Yeah. So, you know, just focus on the games in front of you and continue to win those because as of right now, they are in, I believe they're the seventh seed and, you know, they're on by along with the giants and the Cowboys. Um, But, you know, staying within, you know, those top seven teams, that's exactly what you need to do to be able to, you know, make the playoffs and then whatever happens then, you know, happens, uh, but you need to get there first. So they just need to focus on, you know, doing what they're doing and continue to get better week in and week out. But yeah, you, you said it, the Seahawks are legit. And look, I I don't know how far they would go in the playoffs and like, I'm not trying to count them out or anything because they do look legit. And by all accounts, it looks like Russell Wilson was absolutely the problem there, but yeah, I, I would say they are going to win the division and, you know, Geno Smith has looked great and he's built chemistry with his receivers. And you mentioned Ken Walker. Wow. The, I think the emergence of him has really given them just that another boost and has allowed them to play, you know, very balanced complimentary football, which they've always liked to do anyway. Yeah. So he didn't really start emerging until these last few weeks after, um, was it Rashad Penny? Rashad Penny uh, went out with mm-hmm. his injury. So that was before the 49ers played them. Ken Walker, he played his first game against the Niners, but I think he only had like three rushes or something like that in that game. So he the had a really interception. I think he's the one who threw the interception in the red zone when they when they ran that four running back uh, option in in the red zone. <laughs> so they won't do that again, right? And, and Ken Walker right. looks a lot better since that game. So you know, to, to that point, the, the next matchup against the Seahawks is going to be tough for the for yeah. 49ers. It's not going to be a walk in the park. It's going to be in Seattle as well, if I'm not mistaken. Right, Jay? Yes. God. So, Time is remember a flat that too. circle. It's going to, it's going to get loud again. Like we got to yes. deal with that. So, yeah. uh, but, but like I said, you can't get too hung up on that. Just focus on the games in front of you. You just got to get into the dance and then whatever right. happens then happens. Which makes it all the more funny when people are poo-pooing regular season wins. Well, I want to win a Super Bowl. Well, you have to walk, you crawl before you walk, right? Like, you have to get into the dance first. And how do you do that? Yeah. You win regular season games. That's why you should be excited about every single regular season win, no matter who it comes against. But I want to do a little fun little exercise before we get into the NFC and we talk about the other teams. Seahawks Bucks in Munich, Germany on Sunday. Early game, 6.30 on the West Coast, 9.30 on the East Coast. Who walks away with that one? <laughs> well, I was going to I was going to make fun of the Rams cuz like we we're going to talk about the Rams and like I was going to make fun of them cuz I was like, well, the both times that like two teams have also needed a get right game, the 49ers and the Bucks played against the Rams and they found uh-huh. a get right game against them. So who knows? Now have the Bucks found something like that is making them feel good? I mean, we know that they have the pieces. It's more or less a the same roster as a previous season. Like there is just, they've had trouble putting it all together this season. Kind of same with the 49ers. I mean, you know, you, you can argue. So 
I don't know. I would still give the edge to the Seahawks just because they've been consistent. You know, that there's not a lot that they're missing right now. And so I think they continue on uh, with that style of play. And But I hope the Bucks win, right? I mean. <laughs> I hope both teams have fun. But I do think the Seahawks, um, the Seahawks win. Real quick, no analysis, just off the top of your head, win-loss. I'll run through the Seahawks' um, remaining schedule so we can kind of uh, figure it out. Mm-hmm. Seahawks-Raiders after that. That's a win for the Seahawks. Correct. The Raiders think. Seahawks-Rams. Win for the Seahawks. That's correct. Panthers-Seahawks. Uh, They probably win that one, too. Correct. Now, 49ers-Seahawks <laughs> on Thursday. You know what we're going to say. 49ers, right? Yeah. But it'll and be tough. Right. Seahawks-Chiefs. Chiefs. Chiefs. Uh, yeah, they'll, yeah, they'll lose that one. Uh-huh. Jets-Seahawks. Another Geno Smith revenge game. He did. He had his Jets, first one against the Giants Seahawks. and not against the Jets. Ooh. Hey, the Jets, the Jets look good right now. Amen. So I'm like, mm, maybe Amen. like, I'm going to say Jets. <laughs> nice. I like it. And then Rams Seahawks to close it out one more time. I think we, we agree. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So we can do the 49ers real quick one, one time just so we can, you know, just, you know, this is going to be fun. Just a, a little fun exercise. So 49ers charges. I think we both agree 49ers, right? Yeah, it's it's one of those where I'm like, it, it could be a toss up, but the 49ers should win. So I'm, Got I'm gonna say it's a win. Yep. Okay, 49ers Cardinals in Mexico City. That's a dub. Okay, Saints 49ers. I I'm calling that a dub too. Okay, Dolphins 49ers. Ooh, Mike McDaniel, Raheem Mostert, Jeff Wilson, River Craycraft, Trent Sherfield. Whose revenge game is it? <laughs> Not you naming all the weapons. Um. <laughs> oh, I, oh, yeah, and they got, like, that Tyreek Hill guy who leads the world in receiving yards, and Jalen Waddle's all right, I guess. That Craig um, No, I think that's a loss, man, for the Niners. Okay, and it's that's It's going to be a good one. And that's fair. I actually am dreading that game because if Mike McDaniel finds a way to win, the noise around the people who dislike Kyle Shanahan, you see, Mike McDaniel, brother, brother, brother. Should have made Mike McDaniel of. the head coach. <laughs> Should have let him do it. He's the real genius. Um, All right, Bucks, Niners. We, I think we got the Niners in that one, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. All right, so we already said 49ers beat the Seahawks. That's right after. Commanders, Niners. Commanders are going to lose that game. Um, And then mm-hmm. 49ers, Raiders, and then 49ers, Cardinals. Realistically, you could look at the 49ers and say one loss at most two going forward. So I say at it's most gonna... three, but I'm also like I when I think I try to think negative like too negative, just uh-huh. so I don't feel too bad if anything else were to happen. Cause this team is weird but sometimes. Also, like what <laughs> also look, we want to be objective, right? But us yeah. calling every single game a win for the 49ers. <laughs> Uh, you know, like not it's realistic. It's, it's, we're not pandering to our fan base or anything like that, but we do want to be objective. It's just as of right now, when you look at these teams that we talked yeah. about, the 49ers realistically could win all these games. Anything could yeah. happen, right? Yes. But yes, they have the the reinforcements coming back. You you're starting to feel like they got their mojo back. Christian McCaffrey is him, like all that stuff. Like you really have to start to think that the 49ers can go on a run here. So mm-hmm. it's not out of the realms of possibilities, but yeah, I think it's fair to at least say the Miami game is the one that gives me the most hesitance because they are scoring at an unreal rate. And, you know, look, I know we joke, but Mike McDaniel's doing a hell of a job. I mean, I don't think anybody really would have thought that Tyreek Hill would have been able to eclipse a thousand yards this early with Tua as quarterback. Like they have been scheming it up, man. And and to they his could. credit, he's been playing well. And then look, Jeff Wilson shows up and it's like he it's like he you know, that was like riding a bike, scoring a touchdown yep. and everything, like in that game. Yep. So him and Mostert, man, it's just so many Miami Dolphins 
plotting revenge on the 49ers. But let's talk about the the NFC top heavy, right? There's been a lot of talk after the Rams game. You know, we talked about it. Well, the 49ers are equipped to go in there and beat the Eagles. Steph, on Thursday, did the Eagles kind of show a fatal flaw that can be exploited by the 49ers, if you know what I mean? Um, I mean, yes and no. Uh, they ended up winning, so... It, they won. You know, yeah, I mean, and it's a Thursday night game, so sometimes I'm like, ooh, those could be kind of fluky. Like, you don't... I think they'll be they'll be fine. But I'm not talking about offense. They're fine on offense. I'm talking about what I saw from their run defense. And Jordan Davis but, is injured. Yeah, yeah. So, I but mean, how that, long is he out? Because like, I, I I think it's significant, and I think that that's something that yeah, like I think it's not, not like a one week thing. So yeah, I mean that's significant. And they literally the the Texans showed no sort of. You know, like, oh, we, we, we want to maybe show pass. No, no, no. They were just like, run, 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 run. Like, it, it was it was everybody in the building knew. And, and you know what? And credit Damian Pierce, man. He's no, a baller, he's... by the way. Yes. But at the same time, if they can do that and do that, like, that that becomes the way that not only, one, you're going to put points on the board, but you do exactly what Kyle Shanahan wants to do in terms of keep that offense off the field and control the clock. The 49ers can exploit that. They become that team that nobody really wants to play, right? Um, Dallas, I think we don't know what they are until Dak gets, you know, a full week, like in like, I mean, I know he played, you know, last week or mm-hmm. the week before that, but he's not all the way back. Now he's got a week off. We're going to find out what they are very soon. Right. Yeah. Like Tony Pollard is a, is a good player. He stepped in for Ezekiel Elliott, but the Minnesota Vikings, I think are the most interesting team. And I'm going to tell you why. Does anybody believe that the Minnesota Vikings are this team that this, their record is showing? I mean, look, Bill Parcell says it or has said it. You are what your record is, right? You 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 are that. Okay. So they're seven and one. Kirk Cousins is on a plane with, with chains on, with his shirt off. They're having fun. They're, they're they're playing good football. But if the Minnesota Vikings were in front of the San Francisco 49ers, even if the game was in Minnesota, Steph, are you worried about the Minnesota Vikings? The Vikings look like a first round exit, don't they? Yes. Like they just like have all the makings. Like you, you really feeling yourself during the regular season, and then you just fall flat in in the playoffs against like you know real contenders. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean the the Vikings definitely have that feel to them. I and it's tough because I'm a fan of Justin Jefferson. He obviously looks great in that offense. He's my favorite receiver uh, in the league right now. He, I can't, you know, I he's cooking with yeah. He he's cooking with Kirk. I mean. They just traded for Hawkinson, so their their offense is there, um, but their defense, you know, leaves a bit to be desired, right? And I think what separates the teams who are really going to go far in the playoffs is their defense, because we see a lot of good offenses around the league right now, but if they don't have that balance between having a good offense and a good defense, that's when they really start to struggle in the playoffs because everyone is kind of balanced. Right. So yeah, I think that's where they're going to see some issues and yeah, if the 49ers had to play the Vikings as it has been in the past, I think the 49ers would be able to beat them. Yeah. So as of right now, and just as of right now, the Philadelphia Eagles are eight and oh, the Vikings are seven and one, the Seahawks are six and three. The Buccaneers are four and five, which makes them the four seed because they're first in the NFC South. Good God yeah. help us all. Yeah. The Dallas Cowboys are six and two. And the New York football giants are the sixth seed. 
at six and two. The San Francisco 49ers are seventh right now, four and four. Hey, mm-hmm. I think we all agree that the 49ers are going to make the playoffs. But you got to start stacking them wins. You got to yes. start stacking them wins because you don't know what's going to be happening. Why wouldn't the Giants be in on Odell Beckham at this point? Right? I mean, they they, they are lacking they are. that receiver. Yeah. I'm sure they are. I, they are lacking a receiver as well, too. So if there's all contending teams, pretty much the only teams that I can exclude Odell Beckham going from, going to Minnesota, probably Philly. Seattle probably won't be in on that. The Bucks, eh, it'll be the Cowboys, the Giants, and the Niners, I think, of the three contending teams. And again, the Packers don't count because they're not contenders. I, I got to keep getting those off or whatever, man. I'm sorry. It's just, just so you don't, that's me. You, that's me praying on the Packers' downfall and then laughing about it. Oh, it, it's here. The downfall, mm-hmm. it, the fallen has downed. Um, <laughs> but you don't, you don't think any AFC team would, would oh, be yeah. interested in him either? Okay. I mean, I mean, yeah, the Bills can be. A lot be. Of teams. The Bills can be at this point, but then you look around, right? Like they, like the you know, Ravens even too. if the production hasn't been there. And and by the way, uh, real quick, um, all the people that were telling me, well, you got to hire Ken Dorsey. That offense is struggling right now. And it's been like two or three weeks now and it's been Josh Allen. So what are we hiring Ken Dorsey for? It's funny how people were freaking out two weeks ago, trying to pivot away from Kyle Shanahan to get the next hot offensive coordinator name when Kyle Shanahan was the hot offensive coordinator name that got the job first. Pretty funny to me how that works out and why everybody puts their foot in their mouth early on in the season because Ken Dorsey's offense has taken a significant step back the last three weeks. Neither here nor there. But, yeah, the the Bills, the Chiefs really, really make me afraid if if they were to make a move for Odell Beckham. It just, it just adds another dynamic. I think a lot of people forget because they have this narrative in their head about Odell being a head case, which is completely overblown in my opinion. Uh, how well he fits in almost any offense because he can run any route. Like you cannot put him in a box. He does whatever it is that he wants. Now coming off an ACL turns the dreaded 30. It's not like 30 for a running back, but at the same time, you're right. Maybe there is an AFC team that gets in there, but if he goes to the AFC, you feel better about that because you only have to deal with that in February. And if you're in the game in February in Glendale, I'll take my chances at that point. Like you, you just got to win one game at that point. Steph, sure. 36 minutes Bully Ball episode one. How are you feeling? I, I feel great. I think this is a great episode. And and bye weeks are so refreshing because yes. we can just sit here freely, openly, make fun of the fact that the Arizona Cardinals are are collapsing early in the year as opposed to waiting for later in the year. I love that for them. I love that they're changing that narrative. I love that for them. The Los Angeles Rams are fighting each other and their their YouTubers they're always are fighting all each day. other. Yeah, and, and their YouTubers are they're crying all over the internet. I, I cannot tell you how overjoyed I am by all of this. But this is a great episode, and I love that. I love the new name. And you came up with it. So let's just make sure we put yeah. that out there. Bully ball, bully ball. But like I said, it, it was inspired because of you, Jay, because you're always bullying people. So no, no, you're, no. Completely you're, embarrassing. You're in there completely too. Em- oh, yeah. Com- completely embarrassing. I apologize. I wake up in the morning and I look at those exchanges and I'm like, God, you're an idiot, man. It's so bad. Rob, please do not get rid of me for my aggressive tweeting. Please. I promise I will curb it and I'm pulling it back in. I promise. So on that note for Steph, for Jason, make sure you follow Steph on Twitter at Steph 49 K follow me on Twitter at Jason Aponte 2103 and subscribe to the Niners nation podcast network, wherever you get your audio podcast, drop that five-star review. So we can read it on here for Steph and for Jay. We're out of here. Peace.